0: Welcome to the Manchester City Official Podcast. I'm your host Rob Pollard and on this episode I'm in conversation with two former City goalkeepers. I recently went along to Mottram Hall where Soccer Aid was stationed. The players and staff involved in the charity game were all staying there and training for a few days before the match at the Etihad. I was invited along to speak to a couple of important figures from City's past and those interviews I'll bring you in later podcasts. Keep an eye out for those. While I was there I was also handed a couple of surprises. One was David Seaman and the other was David James it was time to think on my feet a little bit and construct these interviews on the fly David Seaman joined City in the summer of 2003 but retired six months later after suffering an injury Kevin Keegan who was then City manager had to replace him and opted to bring in David James so speaking to the two of them back to back was not only really interesting but was kind of nicely symmetrical too. So here they are, two conversations with two former England internationals, Premier League greats and Manchester City goalkeepers. And we start by hearing from David Seaman discussing why he chose to take a coaching role at this year's Soccer Aid rather than playing. So when you say you don't want to play because it just wasn't the same, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm getting old. Yeah, <laughs> so just not as enjoyable physically. It's mate. not
1: enjoyable, and and it's because in my head the ball comes, got it, and then the body's like. Uh, uh, uh. And I spoke to Peter, Peter Schmeichel, when we were doing when he played in. No, he didn't play. he Trained in one of them, and uh, and I think he got injured. And I and I said to him, and I went, "Do you feel the same?" And he was like, "What do you mean?" I says about when the ball comes. He went, "Exactly." He says, "In your in your head you've got it, and then your body's about two or three seconds behind." And it's stuff like that, it's like trying to kick the ball. Like I, I was warming up David James yesterday and, and Paddy, and I was kicking the ball at them and I was thinking, hang on a minute, when was the last time I kicked a ball? And it's like over two years ago yeah. that I actually kicked a ball and, I was, and that's that's what happens. You, you just don't do it anymore and you can't just pick a ball up and boot it you know, to the winger or whatever, it's not it's not like that. And um, that's the hardest part. But you know, as I said, and I'm, I'm getting old as well, it, the next day, it really hurts. It's very stiff, you know, because we dive around, and that's what we—that's what we do.
0: And when you're the size of me, that can hurt. So, I mean, every professional footballer says it that replacing football is is quite difficult. Did you find that when 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 you packed football in? Because that the kind of emotion and the highs that you feel, yeah. it, nothing can really replace that in life, can it?
1: No, but I was ready. You know, I knew. That it was time to retire, um, and and it happened really strangely when I was at City. We were playing away at Wolves, and I was on the pitch, and the ball was down the other end, and I was thinking, "What am I doing? I'm not enjoying this." So then the next day I went in and saw Kevin, Kevin Keegan, and I said, "Like just to let you know, I'm going to retire in the summer." And then ten days later we, we played at uh, Portsmouth away, and I got and I got hit on my uh, shoulder from uh, Yukubu. And I went for x-rays and that and it was going to take like three months for me to come back. And I said, look, I'll retire. And you got, da- and then we got David James. And they said, you guys, it, we got. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so just talking about that time when you are at City. So how did the move come about initially? When did you first hear about it and how did that come about? Um,
1: well, it was when I was at Arsenal um, for my last probably four years. I was always on a year-to-year contract. And, and it suited me and it suited the club, you know, because I didn't know how long I was going to go on for. Um, and then I got I got an offer from Arsene Wenger and he said, I've got an offer for you, David. I was like, OK, what is it? He went, I want you to be my number three goalkeeper. Bearing in mind, this is my last game for Arsenal was being captain of the FA Cup winning team against Southampton. So raising the trophy. <laughs> I then got to Portugal, I'm on the beach, he phones me, I've got an offer, I want you to be my number three goalkeeper. I was like, really? He said, "But I want you to be my goalkeeping coach," and I thought, oh, "That's something that I really, I'm really interested in." And then he went, "But there's a 75% wage drop," and I just started laughing, and I was <laughs> like, "I think I'm going to try and play for another year, boss." <laughs> <laughs> and I got, and Man City were in for me, and, um, and I think and Birmingham were in as well. And uh, you know, and I, 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 I loved Kevin. I loved him when he was at England. You know, and. Um, there was no, there was no choice really. I just and and it was the first year in the Etihad, and um, yeah, it was just I was looking forward to it. You know, it's just a shame that it was only for more or less half a season.
0: I was going to mention Kevin must have been a big draw because I think players, well not all players, but most players who play with Kevin they, they, they remember him fondly, and obviously you'd work with him at England, so. The opportunity to be with him again was obviously exciting for It
1: was. It was you know, and I remember when he when he decided to call it a day with England and you know, I remember it as plain as day, he was in the dressing room and I can see him talking to the hierarchy of the FA and and I heard him say, you know, I've took this as far as I've, i can take it, I'm gonna call it a day. And I was like, No. I said, No, you are making the wrong decision. You know, and, and I've, all, I've always loved him. I mean, even even going back, so the other day I was in I was cleaning out one of his sheds and in one in, one, in the box. There was my old Leeds United apprentice book, you know, and it's got all the rules in it and all that sort of thing. And I actually got it signed by Kevin Keegan. That's back when I was 16, so that's a long time ago, yeah. you know. And I remember him signing because he was playing for probably Southampton or somebody then. And I gave him my book, and I was like, "Oh, can you sign this, please?" And he turned it over and it got the Leeds United. And he was like, oh, well, somebody's got to play for them, are not they? Aren't they? <laughs> and I was like, I never forgot it. And I got that out and there it was, his, his signature
0: on the back still. That interview that you talk about when he, when he quit as England manager, I still remember that. It stopped everybody in the tracks. And I think I agree with you that there was almost a party that thought he, he's rushed into that. But is there another man in football who would be that honest, do you think, and, and actually say those things are live it's... after the game?
1: Yeah, and it was like... A such a short stint as England manager as well, um, you know. But that's what I like about Kevin. You know, I, I live next door to him. I rented one of his apartments off him when I was here at City. You know, so that's you know we, we got to know each other you know quite well, um, and our families did as well. You know, and it was uh, yeah. I was just I just like the guy,
0: a good guy. So your time at City then, obviously it was it was a difficult um, few months. Um, did you enjoy it though? Did you enjoy your time at the club? I loved it being here
1: um you know and like one of my one of my best memories was we actually played Arsenal at, at the etihad and like being in in my man city colors well all the arsenal lads are there and patrick's there and i'm like it just felt so weird and I, and i remember thinking to myself whatever well, you do don't throw it out to an arsenal player like you normally <laughs> do <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you said when you signed, you stayed here at Motcham Hall, yeah. And that Ronaldo was here at the time. Is yeah. that how long were you here for? And, and what was I was here like? for about three weeks,
1: um, and Ronaldo was here as well as a little teenager, and he was like he was like that. He was so skinny and scrawny. Um, he got about twenty people around him. That you know, way back in the day then. Um, and then I moved down to the Lowry, but um, no, I enjoyed it here. I played that much golf. They gave me honorary membership, <laughs> so it was
0: it was good times here. And just as an observer, somebody from the outside, when City won the title in in 2012 with the Aguero moment, probably yeah. the most exciting Premier League moment. The only thing that would compare actually would be Arsenal of '89. Yeah. Um, what, what did you make of, of of City winning the title in that way?
1: I loved it. You know, I just you know from being a City player, you know what it means. You know what it means to the fans, and a lot of the fans live in Manchester. Um, you know, and they'll let you know, but, you know, the, the noisy neighbours are now very noisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that, you know, and it, it was just great for, for City to win it. And now, you know, where they've got to now is just amazing. You know, and it's not just, they're not just winning things, it's the way that they're winning, they're playing great football, they're attracting the best players, you know, and it's just, it's it gives me
0: a nice little smile. And what about goalkeeping? How much has it changed, do you think, since you, you know, Particularly, a look at um, Edison yeah. um, and Allison at Liverpool. You know this this style of goalkeeper that the managers seem to insist on, whereby yeah. they can play and all that kind of stuff. It's changed a lot, hasn't it?
1: It has. You know, it's it's changed just as much as what the back pass rule did when when I was playing. You know, when that came in, that was like, oh my god, this is a massive change we've got to get used to. And I think like what you've seen in the last few years is goalkeepers trying to get used to playing it out from the back. Some have done it really well. You know, the two Brazilians have done it fantastically. And in Edison, there's a goalie there that not, he doesn't just play it out from the back, he can actually set up an attack. You know, he's got that long raking pass, which is so accurate as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's not just about that with him. His goalkeeping is really good as well. You know, I really like the way that he does his goalkeeping. He's not a, not a flash goalkeeper, he's not a show off. You know, he, he makes the save, you know, and if he has to dive, he dives. If he doesn't have to dive, he doesn't dive. You know, we call them camera saves, and then you think, like, you know, it's there, and they'll touch it over, and then do a three twists and a somersault. You're like, really? Yeah. But he don't do that. You know, he's uh, he's my type of goalkeeper.
0: And do you think that we'll start to see a sea change in terms of young goalkeepers now? Because obviously they're oh, going to yeah. be inspired by seeing that, aren't they? And you you almost notice it. I play a bit of five a side, and even even there, you know, at that sort of level, yeah, that way of playing he's kind of infiltrating
1: but that's that's the way it is now you know all the kids now are, are taught that you know they're they're told to play outfield in in 8v8s eight and stuff like that you know so that they can get their control you practice their control and then practice their little passes because when you see edison doing it and, and allison you know or allison has been caught out a couple of times but you know i remember when Pe- petr Cech started doing it at arsenal and he, he couldn't do it properly you know he wasn't comfortable and I was like, no, don't do it, you know, because you're making yourself look bad. No matter how much the manager's telling them to play it out from the back, if it's not working, at some stage you've got to make that decision and say, like, right, no, everybody push up and let's, let's be safe. You know? yeah. But when you've got a goalkeeper that's really good at it, it, it really does help. And
0: just a quick one on England as well, because obviously you're an England, you're an icon um, of the English <laughs> game, you play for so long. I mean, my childhood, if I think of England, I think of you. Um, <laughs> obviously, we had a very good summer. Um, what do you think of the job Gareth is doing and, and, and some of the City players as well, you know, sort of John Stones, Carl yeah. Walker, they're central to it, aren't
1: they? They are and they're they're on the team sheet straight away now. You know, it's great to see that you know that City are having such an influence on the England team. Um with Gareth, I'm loving what he's doing. It's just so great for like one of my teammates to be now England manager and not just be England manager, doing it his own way. And the way he speaks to the press is brilliant. You know, the example that he gives it rubs off on the players. They're not afraid to give interviews now, and they answer every question. You know, I think that's all through through Gareth and his team. You know, they've given them a confidence that, that's great to see, and it's now transferring to the pitch. Um, in the summer, it was brilliant. You know, it was a disappointment, and I think once we've got over that main disappointment, we'll realise that it was a great achievement. It's one step closer. You know, and I think for me, that sets us up perfectly for the uh, for the World Cup in, in
0: Qatar. And a quick one on John Stones, because obviously you played behind um, Keon and Adams for the vast majority of your yeah. time. What would you, how would you feel playing behind somebody like John Stones who takes risks, steps into midfield, try, you know, waits for the yeah, striker yeah. to come before playing a pass? Would it have given you heart palpitations? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it
1: would. <laughs> yeah. you know, like you say, especially when you had you know, Martin Keon, Tony Adams, Steve Bold, you know, who were like real proper hard tackling defenders. You know, they weren't guys that took any risks you know, because they weren't as skillful with the ball as what John is, you know, but, um, you know, I think if it, if it benefits the team, then you let him do it a bit. But there's, there's areas where you can do it and you can't do it, and you let him know, you know, you can't be doing it right in the middle of the goal in the, in the area. And, you know, if he does that and gets caught out, then he needs to learn, you know, but he, d- he has. He has been caught out, and, but then he's learned, you know, and he's, and he's progressing, he's progressing really well.
0: David Seaman, who does a bit of coaching here, he was telling us that you're in fantastic shape for a 51-year-old. Is that right? Do you still feel? Because he was saying that he no longer actually enjoys even doing something of this nature because it just hurts too much or he's, he's too slow to react or whatever. Do you still feel quite, quite sharp?
2: He's a good coach. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I, I said to him because we, we, uh, we were doing some stuff yesterday and the thing you lose, I don't think you, you fully appreciate until it happens. Silly things like catching balls, which you do 100 times a day in training. You don't even think about it. And now you have to think about it because you're not catching the balls that you think you catch. So Dave actually put me through my first goalie training session for, it's got to be about 18 months. And it felt good. Diving around, yeah. And I'm not aching, so it's even better.
0: That's good. So you replaced David, of course, at Everywhere. City. Yeah, yeah. Well, England what, City Soccer Aid. Yeah. So, what, what, what was what was your time? How did that move to to City come about? What was kind of the first you heard about it, and and how did it come about? So, I was at West Ham, and we'd got
2: relegated. And I, the, at the time, I was I'm staying at West Ham. I was part of the reason we got relegated. and I want to be part of the reason why we we come back. Uh, the the Championship season didn't start that great. Uh, Alan Pardew had gone in, and. My agent said, Manchester, obviously in the transfer window, Manchester City are interested, what do you think? And having worked with Kevin Keegan, although I didn't play for him um, with England, I thought that's great. Um, opportunity to first of all get back into uh, the Premier League, but obviously City aside, which historically, and um, I say historically, we, we beat Man City at Watford in the FA Youth Cup back in 1989. And... Um, not such an auspicious memory for Man City fans, but I was in the Liverpool side when we drew two all at Main Road. So there's a bit of history with with myself and Manchester City. So the idea to go up to Manchester, uh, new stadium obviously with the uh, Eastlands, as it was called, the, the older Commonwealth stadium. So um, there wasn't much discussion. And also we're going into the Euros 2004. So I, the, again, the idea of being in the Premier League as an England goalkeeper sounded a little bit better than a championship goalkeeper but um yeah i went up there and fu- fell in love with the club because one of the things Man city had or still do like a lot of community work and kevin keegan was explaining to me one day in the car about uh, the local area and how that sort of sat in the sort of financial demographics of, of the uk and stuff and how much man city were doing i, I became an ambassador of special olympics after an event at the at the uh, the Etihad, as it is now. And I just thought, this is a club I love. This is the sort of thing that, as a footballer, so as, a, as a, just a person I like getting involved with. Um,
0: so that, it came about one way, but it it was one of the best things I ever did. Just going back to something he said about the two-all at Main Road. Is that the two-all in 96 when City were, the, the, they, yeah. City were relegated? Uh, I didn't realise you played in Steve that. Steve
2: Lomas keeping doing keep ball on the corner flag yeah. and Niall
0: Quinn running and think we need to score, Yeah, yeah. That was a crazy day, wasn't it? What's your memory uh, of that from your from your perspective? We laughed,
2: of course, because we're you know Liverpool. I, I wasn't happy that I let two goals in. I have to say, I think Noel Quinn scored a header on the right hand side, whatever in the first half, but uh, it might be the second half. Forgive me, but um, yeah, we laughed because as a, a competitor, you want to see people getting beat, and the fact that Steve Lomas was doing keep ball <clears throat> when they needed to, City needed to score. Um, yeah, remarkable
0: mismanagement. I shouldn't be saying that, should I? Yeah, the pain in my heart as a <laughs> <see, yeah. laughs> Well, that is remarkable mismanagement, isn't it? The, the type of which you, you probably wouldn't see today. I mean, communication is better for a start, but you just wouldn't see a mistake like that made, would you?
2: Well, I think technology didn't help, or the lack of technology compared to what we have now. Because to all at the time, Steve Lomas thought he was doing a city, uh, doing a city a favour. I think the crowd would have said we need to score because it would have popped up on score some sort of score update, and then uh, uh, City would have tried to try to win the game. But yeah, I mean it was just one of those things in football. It was, uh, say, humorous because Noel Quinn
0: running down the sideline. You're not smiling. It's an either. image we'll never. It's an image we'll never forget. It's an image we'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin Keegan had some really good players in that team: um, Anelka, Fowler. What was their dynamic like in training and, and, and what have you? Did you think they had, you know, what was needed to be? To because on paper, that sounds like a good partnership, doesn't it?
2: Well, Robbie, as an ex-teammate from Liverpool, I knew a lot about him. Again, Robbie, as a player, unbelievable at times. You know, he, one of the best strikers or finishers of the ball. I, mean, I want not say natural finish. I mean, he was just, I, he used to annoy me because he could score. Um, and he could wind me up as well, which was nice. I could try and wind him up. And there's Steve McManaman as well, who I think, and <clears throat> again, it's subjective, but I think he's the best player I ever played with. Um, so there was there was quality there. Nicholas Anelka was annoying in a different way. He was effortless and could score goals. He was quick. He had, he had essentially all the fundamentals to be one of the world's best players. Yeah. Most of them. Um, achieved a lot, yeah, two completely different characters, of course, and again, I think for from from Kevin's point of view, if you've ever had the conversation with him, I think as a manager, that would have been difficult to control, because there were so many different types of strong character, uh, but from a goalkeeping perspective, both annoying.
0: And of course, Robbie, I mean, City fans didn't see the very best of Fowler, but when he first started coming through at Liverpool, you mm. look at the, the sort of range of goal, because people have him down as a, 18 yard box striker, but he oh. scored all kinds of goals, didn't it's he? YouTube, one one U- of
2: the YouTube, best. YouTube, Liverpool, Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: no, he was scary. I mean, it, as you say, we had so much San Richard Dunn, Sylvan Distan. Um I mean the Kiki Masampa.
0: Yeah, Albert
2: Riera. Albert Riera. <sighs> it was it, it was a really good change room. Um, I mean I was, I was learning French with Sylvan for a while. Um, and obviously Sylvan went down to to Portsmouth as well, didn't he? In the end, so uh, it was a great dynamic.
0: Um, How good were those two, Distan and Dunn? Because I remember them being a, they really worked well together, didn't they? They sort yeah.
2: of, yeah. And again, I've played in sort of many teams, and you could, as much as people are individual, there's certain character types will sort of blend. Uh, Dunny and Sylvan. I think Sylvan. I always described him as like the uh, the, the English uh, English foreigner. You know, if the, and I say this without any kind of uh, negativity. If the there was a social event, then Sylvan would be there, and in a lot of other clubs, the, the foreign players wouldn't be there. And, and not that it was ever negative; it was always good. So, um, but playing wise, I mean, Dunny, yeah, he was solid. Didn't yeah. score enough goals, though. Scored a few own goals Richard, didn't he? <laughs> Sorry, I rephrased, he didn't score enough goals for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he put any own
0: goals yeah. yeah.
2: Man United, 2-0, Wayne Rooney. Yeah.
0: What about um Edison? So obviously I've just been talking to David Seaman about this, that goalkeeping, style of goalkeeping has changed, and Edison's a big part of that. What do you think about the direction goalkeeping is going in with him and Alisson and these sort of ball-playing goalkeepers? Yeah, um, I love Edison.
2: When City signed him, I sort of analysed his performance before he came to to uh, to actually play. And there was a when he was playing for Benfica, he did a he did a thing. I'm sort of trying to demonstrate it. The guy comes through and he literally dives head first or hands first uh, into a dangerous position. And as soon as he did it, I thought, I like you. Not that I want him to get injured or it's dangerous. It's in a sense that it's just the, the bravery that he got. And then there was incident with Sadio Mane. And when that happened, it was like, I knew that that could happen because of what he did in that game. And it's kind of like when you, you, you look at his game, yes, you can do all the play, ball playing stuff, but there's a, there's a presence beyond that. Um, he, yeah, the fact that he's a world record holder for the longest kick and stuff like that doesn't matter too much. It's just that he has a presence. And if you look at the goalkeepers, I think for, for a few years now in the, the Premier League, not many of them have presence or character. Alisson, I love Alisson as well. It's not, it Seems to be like a Brazilian bias here. But uh, again, he controls the area. Whereas Edison is like, there's his presence. Alisson just does the job very well. You just look at Edison and think, hang on a minute. He's going to kick it short. He's going to kick it 70 metres. And when you look at him, he looks angry. I did an interview with him a few months ago. He just laughed all the way through it. And it's not that I'm a funny guy. He just seems to have a lovely character as well, which you don't see often. I don't think he does that many interviews, does he? So, uh, yeah. I like him a lot.
0: And we were talking to David as well about the England setup at the moment. And how there's a, a massive Man City contingent in there. It's
2: the Pep effect. So Pep was the manager of Barcelona and Barcelona had the largest club representation for Spain when they won the World Cup. Yeah. He was a manager of Bayern Munich. They had the largest club representation when Germany won the World Cup. And now he's a manager of Man City who could have the largest representation of English clubs in the World Cup.
0: And obviously Grealish is the latest one of those. Yeah. He seems like a typical Pep player, doesn't
2: he? I think it's great signing. Yeah. I mean, the, um, he's fitting into Pep style quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm just waiting for Phil Foden and. Jack Grealish to be unleashed on the Premier League.
0: Yeah, do you think those... Because uh, we spoke to Jack Grealish about this and he says that those two have a really good relationship off the field and he mm. thinks that things like that can translate to on on the field if you've got a really good friend who you know well and you you train well together. So those two in tandem, that's going to be exciting for, for City fans, isn't it?
2: Yeah, just the, the quality. I mean, I uh, sort of go back to last season and Phil Foden, I remember specifically the West Ham game where half-time... City in West Ham, I think it was, was it nil-nil? Might have been one-nil, Mikel Antonio, overhead kick. Yes, one-nil at half-time. Jack Garish comes on at half-time and the game just flipped. And it was like, sorry Jack, um, Phil Foden comes on at half-time, the game just flips on its head. And it was kind of like, you know, should Phil be starting games? And then within a few weeks, Phil's starting games, if anything, he's a first name on the team sheet. And when you've got that kind of talent, there's, uh, I don't know if I should say this reference either, but Kez. So Phil reminds me of Kez, which I say shouldn't say that because obviously the uh, the Manchester United links, but um, or the Bobby Charlton links. But he just reminds me of this like young kid, Kez with skill. Yeah. Young kid loves the game. Um, just looks like he's enjoying himself when he's on a football pitch, rather than actually being a professional footballer. And you had that with Jack Grealish and his kind of. It's almost like grassroots, isn't it? These two could be down a park playing together and enjoying themselves as much. And I think the idea of having both of them in a the pitch
0: for City at the same time, that's the game that I want to go and watch. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. I absolutely loved speaking to both David Seaman and David James. It was unexpected, but so nice to chat to guys who love football and clearly have a fondness for Manchester City. Stay tuned for an interview with Sean Wright-Phillips. That's coming on the Man City podcast in the coming days. That one is well worth a listen. And as ever, if you haven't already, make sure you download the official Man City app. That's the best place to keep up to date with all the goings-on at the Etihad and at the City Football Academy. Until next time, take care and stay safe.